Hello everyone, my name is Cami Mondo and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Forum. You're listening to Behind the Ballot, a political podcast introducing you to the candidates running for Utah's statewide and congressional offices. In each episode, we'll be talking with different candidates to find out more about their campaign platforms, specifically addressing the issues college students care about the most. Today, you'll be hearing an exclusive interview with Representative Ben McAdams. McAdams is the sole Democrat serving Utah in Congress after he narrowly won the seat from Republican Mia Love in 2018. Now, he's fighting to keep his seat, and the race is gaining national attention. McAdams will face Republican Burgess Owens, who is a former NFL player and a fan favorite within the GOP for this race. He even snagged an endorsement from President Trump. However, McAdams' favorability has remained somewhat steady, despite Utah being a red state. Although his numbers wavered a bit when he voted yes to impeach Donald Trump, McAdams' approval ratings within the district have remained strong. At the time of this interview, Burgess Owens did not respond to be interviewed with the forum after multiple requests. A disclaimer before we get started, some portions of the interview had to be edited out for time constraints. But you can read the full, unedited interview with Ben McAdams on our website, wc4media.com. Um, and so interestingly, you're the only incumbent who's responded to my request, so our interview will probably be a little different than the others that I've done, obviously because the other ones haven't been in office and you have. But to start off, you're the only Democrat in Congress from Utah, so that already puts you in a unique position for this race because Utah does typically vote red. And so now this race is between you and Burgess Owens, and it's getting national attention at this point. So I guess I'd start off by asking, as someone who's worked in the position for two years, what have been your favorite accomplishments in the position, as well as the projects you'd want to continue if you're reelected? Well, thank you. Um, One of the things I'm most proud of, of of my service, is my uh, focus on bipartisanship. So my rankings, as far as my votes, I am uh, one of, I am the most independent member of Utah's delegation and one of the most independent members of the entire Congress. And and really that's a a priority of mine that I will always put people in Utah ahead of either political party to do what's right. One of the issues that's a priority of, of putting Utah first is to stop nuclear weapons testing. So the Trump administration has been discussing resuming nuclear weapons testing and now they're talking about resuming nuclear weapons testing at the, at the Nevada test site. You know, I am doing everything I can to stop that and introduced legislation and an amendment to the national defense bill to uh, prohibit the use of any tax dollars to go for nuclear weapons testing to protect people in Utah. That legislation has received bipartisan support. Uh, it passed the House and uh, we are hoping to get the Senate to agree to it as well. But that's one of the things that's a priority to me. The other things I'm working on are improving Utah's air quality and addressing climate change. They're oftentimes the same thing, which we want clean air here in Utah to uh, stop climate change as having an impact not only here in Utah and on our snowpack and our winters, but having an impact around the globe. And so uh, that is a priority of mine. I've introduced legislation to uh, address our air quality locally and then supporting legislation to uh, combat climate change nationally and globally. And then the last one I would talk about is my work to to address the suicide epidemic. Uh, Suicide is the leading cause of death for youth ages 18 to 24 in Utah, and it is a tragedy that is preventable. And so my work is to provide resources to help people who are in crisis, who are having a mental or behavioral health crisis, to promote positive mental health and and behavioral health and access to uh, mental health workers and access to suicide prevention hotline. Those are some of my priorities. And, And just coming back full circle, in order to get anything done in this country, we have to elect leaders who who recognize that someone from a a different political party isn't bad, 
that we can work together and people who are willing to go alone, independent of their own party and stand up for what's right and what's good for, for our state. And, and my track record shows that that's exactly who I am and what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. As a Democrat in a red state, it's typical to see opponents try to paint McAdams in an unfavorable light. But McAdams has worked to position himself in the middle, priding himself on being able to work across the aisle. Yeah, and I did want to mention that you are a candidate who's painted himself as someone who is in the middle, can work across the aisle. And that's something that you don't typically see a lot in campaigning. Um, you know, you see people like, oh, well, the other side is just terrible. So why do you think that makes you a better candidate for emphasizing that you can work across the aisle? Look, if we're going to get anything done, you gotta, you've got to have Republicans and Democrats, senators and representatives, mayors and governors all working together to address our challenges. Look no further than climate change. There is no single government that is going to solve climate change. We have to work together. And it is Republicans and Democrats, but it's also states and cities. And it's also uh, other countries that we all have to work together. And so I think it's important that we elect people who are willing to stand for their principles, to do what's right and to work for our constituents and not get caught up in the political games that seem so often to sideline and important priorities like addressing climate change or suicide or uh, improving the quality and access of an affordable education. All of those things um, have fallen victim in the past to, to partisanship. And there's, I think there's no excuse for that. And I, I will not tolerate that's not who I am. And it's not how I think I, I can best represent my constituents. Speaking of climate change, I wanted to learn more about that. Climate change has become a hot topic among college students when it comes to voting. So I wanted to know what exactly McAdams has done and what he plans to continue in office if he is reelected. And that's kind of like a perfect segue because one of the issues I want to talk about is the environment and climate change. Like how have you been dealing with constituent concerns surrounding the environment and climate change and what your continued goals and priorities would be? Yeah. So it is a, a priority of mine. You know, I think it's important. Climate change is important. We all recognize that. But sometimes when you're thinking about a, bit, a problem as big as climate change and you think, who am I? How can I affect it? Does my vote really matter? Changing the dialogue on climate change. So the first thing that I think is important to recognize is while it is a global problem, it is also a local problem and we can do things about it. We can change. We can improve the air here in Utah. Places around the country have improved their air. We can do that. And if Utah's improving our air, we will probably be doing our part to, uh, at least a, a little bit of our part to, to address climate change. So the things that work locally will contribute to a, a global solution. Over 50% of the pollution in our air is tailpipe emissions out of a car. So uh, if we can make cars more fuel efficient, so they get more miles per gallon, it means they're putting less pollution into the air. And when they do that, it improves our air quality. It also reduces greenhouse gas emissions that are, are uh, at the root of the causes of, of human influence, climate change. And so working on, on local solutions that will contribute to globally to, to reducing climate change. Under the Obama administration, the United States entered into what was called the Paris Climate Accord. Now the Paris Climate Accords, a lot of people don't understand what that means and what Paris had to do with it. And so the reason it's called the Paris Climate Accord is because these agreements were signed in Paris. But the United States came up with some goals and standards that we were going to shoot for for reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. And it was, you know, what are, what are we going to do as a country? What are we going to do as states and cities to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions? And we put that forward and we made that commitment in Paris. Since then, the United States has walked away from that commitment under the Trump administration. I think, first of all, climate change is such an important issue for us to address. 
But I also think as Americans, we make promises and we keep our promises. We're, we're good. Our word is our bond and we are, uh, act honorably. And so I, for me, I think it was disappointing to see us decide to not live up to that commitment. None of these things individually are going to solve climate change, but I think taking steps and taking responsibility as a state and as a country to do our part will help us to get there. I also wanted to touch on healthcare. This has become a more contentious issue and has been used as the forefront of several political campaigns. Again, I wanted to see where McAdams wanted to take the national conversation. And then just another issue I was want to ask about, just on healthcare. That's been the big campaign platform issue for presidential candidates, for governor candidates, especially with Bernie Sanders arguing for Medicare for all and Republicans kind of using that as a weapon against voting Democrats. So I was curious what you would be focusing on in terms of health care so far in time of office, and then also if you were reelected, how you would continue focusing on that. I'll just be clear and be honest. I actually am, I do not support Medicare for all. I know a lot of people do, but let me tell you what I do support. I do think that um, health care is so fundamental to stability and security and quality of life that I do believe that everybody should have access to quality affordable health care. And the system we've got right now in this country, I think, is a good one for people who have health care. The cracks are big, and there are a lot of people falling through the cracks. So my focus would be, first of all, to agree that making sure every American has access to affordable, quality health care is a goal that I uh, support and, and will work towards. So we have a system right now that really kind of has three prongs. It's a little bit of an oversimplification, but three prongs to ensuring people have access to healthcare. The first is through your job. And so if you have a, an employer, you can get healthcare through your job. Uh, the second is Medicare and Medicaid. I was uh, a longtime supporter of Medicaid expansion in Utah. And uh, I, honestly, I think a lot of people confuse Medicaid expansion with Medicare. I do support Medicaid expansion. And, and that was Utah ultimately ended up going that route. We expanded Medicaid to cover everybody who was at 133% of the federal poverty level or below. Low-income individuals, many of whom are students, will qualify for Medicaid under Utah's Medicaid expansion that uh, was adopted uh, in 2018 by ballot initiative. The voters approved that and it's, it's just coming into effect right now. And then the third prong is on the exchanges, the healthcare exchanges. Um, and that was an innovation of the Affordable Care Act. And the exchanges have, have been, there's some mixed reviews, I would say. Some, um, it's a good concept that you can, should be able to have healthcare independent of your job. What we've seen with the exchanges, in many cases, it's expensive and the quality is low. So I think that's an area where we need to put additional focus to make sure that the quality of the plans offered on the exchange at least meets a, a basic level of care. Some people are surprised to know that the plan that they bought and they've been paying a monthly amount, hundreds of dollars a month, and then they get sick and they realize that common things are not covered under their plan. So we've got to make sure foundational level of healthcare is available through plans acquired on the exchange and then ensuring that those plans are competitive and affordable to people who need them. And so again, my focus would be a shared focus on making sure that everybody has access to quality, affordable healthcare looking at the system we have rather than throwing that out and bringing in a new system that I think could get complicated and there are going to be a lots of bumps along the way and looking at the system we have working to close the gaps in that system and making sure nobody's falling through those gaps. Finally, I wanted to take the conversation home and ask McAdams the big question, why vote? As someone who's been working in Congress for the last two years, I figured he could bring a different perspective to the table. People that I've talked to, either interviewing, running for office, or just talking to college students, 
they all kind of say the same thing, that this is a really important election, probably the most important election of our lifetime, many say. So keeping that in mind, if you agree with this, so why do you think it's important for college students to get involved in this election or why it's important to vote at all? This is, um, I think this is the most important election of our lifetime. And there are a lot of issues that are on the ballot right now. And, you know, everybody has an opinion, it seems like, about the presidential race. Increasingly, people have uh, opinions about my race and, and who they're going to vote for in this race. But in addition, let me tell you what, what else is on the ballot. What's on the ballot is, will we go back to testing nuclear weapons in Utah's backyard? Can we trust the government that they will take every step to to make those tests safe. I don't think so, but that's that's an issue that really is on the ballot. Um, what will happen with our healthcare system? Right now, the Trump administration is working to take away protections for individuals with pre-existing conditions. So your healthcare is on, on the ballot at this time. What's gonna happen with climate change? I think the clock is ticking and we are not taking steps to address this. And uh, every year that goes by that we have not taken steps to address it, the, the the solution gets harder and harder to implement. I think that you know, the sooner we act, um, the easier it's gonna be to address it. So all of those things are critical and, and time is of the essence and it's important to elect people who are gonna put you first, to put the people in Utah first and work to deliver solutions. And I'm not a believer that solutions are Democrat or Republican. I think they're good ideas in both parties and they're bad ideas in both parties. We should have those debates and we should decide what is going to move us forward and not worry about where the idea originated. Did it originate with the Democrat, originate with the Republican? But what's going to be good for our country? What's going to be good for the people in this country? And that's the decision that's in front of you today. The presidential race is going to be a close race. My race, this race for Congress, is going to be a very close race. And so you are choosing your future in this election. It's important to vote and to, to choose the future that you want for yourselves and the future you want for our country. Thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you have a busy schedule, so I really appreciate it. Thank you, Cammie. Thanks for the time. Thanks to everyone for listening to this final episode of Behind the Ballot, a podcast introducing you to candidates that are more than just a name in an envelope. Read the full profile on Ben McAdams on our website, wc4media.com, and make sure to check out our social media for the latest updates, at wc4media on all platforms. Even though this is our last profile podcast, Behind the Ballot will continue its coverage for the 2020 election. In upcoming episodes, we'll be covering the 2020 debates for Utah's local races, as well as the presidential race. Make sure to tune in, and I'll see you next time.